Want to support the show and get free stuff while you do so? Go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. I should have told you everything a long time ago, but I couldn't. Look, Chris, you don't have to if you don't want to. I want to. I want you to know what happened so you'll understand. I don't know if you remember, but when you dropped me off that night, it was very late. The minute I walked in the door, my parents started yelling at me and cursing me. We had such a big fight. My mom slapped me. I ran out the door and into the woods. I wanted to punish them. So I decided to hide out all night. I thought I'd get them so worried that they'd be sorry for what they did. It had been raining and the woods were cold and wet, but I found a dry spot under an old oak tree. I guess I fell asleep. All I can remember next is being startled out of sleep by the sound of footsteps. Then there was this cracking noise behind me. I turned around. And standing there was this hideous-looking man. He was so grotesque, he was almost inhuman. He had a knife. And he attacked me with it. I was so hysterical, I don't know how I was even able to think, but I kicked the knife out of his hands and I ran. He ran after me and he caught me and he pulled me down to the ground. He dragged me along the ground. I don't know what happened after that, I just don't know. When I woke up, I was in my own bed. My parents have never said a word about it. They act as if the whole thing never happened, but it did. All I want is to just forget it, but I can't. I'll never forget that horrible face, never. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> when most people think of Friday the 13th, they think of a big, menacing Jason murdering camp counselors with a machete while wearing his trademark hockey mask. But I'll bet some of you didn't realize that it took three movies into the franchise before that iconic image became canon to the Camp Crystal Lake universe. And since the calendar gods have smiled upon us once again for the first time in nine months, we get to talk about it. So grab your 3D glasses and your favorite set of juggling apples, as tonight, the dolls bring you Friday the 13th, Part 3. And now, the dolls of horror. It's showtime. guys, welcome back to the Dolls of Horror podcast, the spot to feed your tormented addiction. I'm Summer. And I'm Jamie. And I am so excited, Jamie. You know why? I think I have a pretty good idea. It's our favorite holiday. <laughs> Friday it sure the 13th, is. of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, since we're going in order of the Friday the 13th franchise... We last covered part two in November, so we're going with Friday the 13th, part three today, the 3D one. Yeah, that I've never seen in 3D before. Me neither, technically, 
but I pretended that I did. Oh, yeah. I mean, in my imagination, <laughs> I, it was right in my face. Right. <laughs> well, it's really easy to imagine it because the shots were so obvious. Oh, my God. We'll get into it, but I, I love yes. I, I love everything that they made 3D in this movie. <laughs> so when was the first time you've seen Friday the 13th 3D? <laughs> you know, um, it's not one that I have like a super like strong memory of like the first time I saw this mm -hmm. one, but um, I just saw it when I was kind of going through all the Friday the 13th movies because, um, you know, I watched them in like a big block. Um, yeah. So whenever I was running through those, it was one of those first kind of franchises that I ran through. Um, so that would have been when I was like a teenager, 18 or something. How about you? Probably it was younger for sure, maybe 10 to 12. But I know I have a similar experience where I saw it them all so close together. I cannot remember which one I saw first. Same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street. Same thing with mm -hmm. Halloween. Yeah. But I think I may have actually seen this one before I ever saw part one. Oh, okay. So I was watching out of order because most of the time, some of them I rented, but most of the time they were being aired on television. Sure. So it's like whichever one happened to be on. Right. Right. But, I mean, it's kind of appropriate, too, since this is the first one where we see Jason in his mask and yes. his, in his iconic mask. So it's it signature makes it character of, look. Exactly. It kind of makes sense. It's the first we kind of see him as himself, kind of, as he's in his journey. Right. <laughs> you know what's hilarious, though? Henry was watching this with me because he really likes this one as well. He probably doesn't like it anymore since I made him watch it like three times in a row. But <laughs> he was watching this one with me, of course. And... When he got his mask, right? Great. Mm -hmm. And then just 20 minutes later, he has a gash in it. He's already damaged it. I mean, <laughs> it's no wonder he's mad. Right? Bitch, you <laughs> fucked up my mask. I just got this mask. <laughs> a brand new mask. Come on. <laughs> right. It's like, damn, it's already damaged. Can't take you anywhere. Seriously. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, but I was pretty young when I saw this one. I mean, I went ran through all the franchises super, super young. That's so fun. Yeah. I think I would have loved them if I would have watched them younger. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had the best childhood. You know, it, the best times of my life were my times renting movies at 10 years old that I should not be seeing, but it's oh. fine. <laughs> There is no thrill quite like watching a movie you're not supposed to as a kid. You know what? I had the coolest grandma, I got to say. Aww. You know, because <laughs> she let me do it. <laughs> That's awesome. And while she didn't personally enjoy them, she liked them, but she she did get very scared very easily. Um, so she would watch watch him with me a little bit, but she'd get fr frightened. And I, I, okay, side note, I remember this one story that my grandpa told me and <laughs> he came home from work one day and he couldn't find her anywhere. Like he looked out throughout the entire house, couldn't find her. And I mean, the kids, I guess were at school. She wasn't anywhere to be found. Um, and <laughs> she'd fallen asleep behind the couch. Cause she went to go hide. <laughs> I think she was watching like alien or something. And she oh. fell asleep behind the couch. And, <laughs> and she <laughs> She woke up later, but he thought she was missing. Oh, that is so cute. 
Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I had the coolest grandma, even though she fell asleep behind the couch because she was scared. Oh, I love that story. Oh, your grandma. Oh, she's so sweet. She was the best. She was the best. I spent all my all my free time over there. Uh, it was the funnest time. And we used to stay up all night. Oh, when I say all night to like 1 a.m., sometimes mm -hmm. midnight, 1 a.m., playing Uno and watching the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, I played Uno and watched the Dick Van Dyke show with my grandma. Yeah, all <laughs> night long. But it's like it wasn't like, okay, 9 o'clock is bedtime. No, we went until 1 a.m., Oh, grandmas are the best. Seriously. And she was fine with it. Like, like she was, she was up and awake. She was a night owl. So Aww. best times watching her television shows and which became my television shows later, as we all know. Yes. And playing Uno and Dominoes. And oh my God, I had the best childhood at my grandma's house. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the grandmas of the world. Shout out to the grandmas, man. Mm -mm. <laughs> All right. But I digress. Um, so Friday the 13th, part three. For those of you who have not seen this movie before, here is the synopsis. Spoilers up the wazoo on this one. Yes, many spoilers ahead. Jason continues his killing spree in 3D. That's all well, I got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> what is it? What else is there to say? Show over. Though <laughs> so it's very interesting, though, because since this takes place, you know, the writers of Friday the Thirteenth weren't too like picky about their continuity on the dates, no. because since this takes place the day after the events of Part Two, mm -hmm. it's Saturday the Fourteenth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I forgive him, you know. Yeah, we'll let it just, slide. It's just a name mm -hmm. <laughs> at this point. But, but yeah, it's Saturday the 14th, you know. Yeah, we okay. noticed. We noticed, <laughs> yes. Okay, this one stars Dana Kimmel, Tracy Savage, Paul Kratka, Larry Zerner, and Richard Brooker as Jason this time. Yeah. Directed by Steve Miner who was in charge of Friday the 13th Part 2, House, Warlock, um, Halloween H2O. We know I love that one. Mm -hmm. Lake Placid and um, the Tracy Gold, Eric McCormick episode of Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> he also directed an episode of Felicity in season three. And right. Make It or Break It and Dawson's Creek. Four episodes of that he directed. Oh, so we like him. We do like him. It's this Dawson Creek. Dawson's Creek was created by the guy who created Scream. Yes. It's kind of like one big horror family on that set, I think. <laughs> I know, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was written by Martin Kittroser and Carl Watson. I don't know who these people are. I really haven't seen much of what they've done from what I've seen. But, I mean, I liked this one. It was cool. Let's jump right on in with a favorite kill. Fatality. Oh, there's oh. so many great ones in this. There are a lot of good ones. I feel like there's always really plentiful kills in a Friday the 13th movie to choose from. Sometimes and sometimes not. It's funny. It's true. It's true. It's like... I had a kill note. Oh, the body count in this one is 12. 13 if you count Debbie's kid. <laughs> mm hmm Right. 
you know, can you imagine when you think I said that to Henry? I said, you know, that's a twofer. It is. <laughs> and he's like, you're messed up. And I said, it is what it is. Hey, but can you imagine? Like, you don't really think about it because, you know, she says several times that she's pregnant, but she's mm-hmm. not showing. Can you imagine how controversial that would be if she was like eight months and he whacked her? Oh, my God. Yeah, it would have been very controversial. Yeah. This was also the first time and the only time in the film series where Jason kills one of his victims with a projectile weapon because he shoots Vera in the eye with the harpoon gun. And, you know, most of the time he kills someone with a a machete or an axe or his hands, but never shooting somebody. So this was the first and only time he shot somebody. And it looks good. I do have to say that's one of my runner-up kills because I love me some eyeball torture, right? (laughs) So that it's harpoon a, goes right into her eye. It's a great eyeball torture scene. It really is. So I'm dying to know. What's your favorite kill? Okay. Um, so um, I believe... Okay. Well, I'm really stuck between two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm stuck between a lot. Okay. So I'll tell you the two I'm stuck between. I'm leaning towards one. Um, I will say I really love Rick's kill towards mm-hmm. the um, another a- torture scene. Yes, exactly. It's another eyeball. So, of course, I love that. And the kill itself is just wonderful because Jason just like squeezes his head and his eyeball pops right out at the camera 3D style, yes. which I wish I could have seen in 3D. Um, right. Also, you know, he's like the he's like the love interest of our of our mm-hmm. like final girl. So you don't mm-hmm. necessarily like think of him dying. But of course he does. Right. Um, OK, so there's that one. And then. um I believe it's Debbie in the hammock, right? Yes. That I'm pretty sure is my favorite. Because Kevin Bacon style. Yes. And she's reading a the whole scene. She's reading a yeah. Fangoria magazine. It's a it's a issue about Tom Savini. Yeah. Um Godzilla's the, on it, Henry Spine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then the blood drips down and she looks up and there's her boyfriend and his intestines. And then, yeah, she gets stabbed like from behind, like underneath the hammock. And that is so great. It is great. It's a good one. Okay. I love Debbie because it's it's reminiscent of the Kevin Bacon kill in part one. Yeah. Great. Even though that he didn't do the killing in that one. Still, right. He learned nice from homage. mommy. Yes, oh, he yeah. learned from mommy. Um, you know, I I want to say Shelly because it's the kill that gave Jason his signature mask, but you don't actually see it, which is kind of a bummer. I know. I really wish. I actually wish the mask moment would have been more climactic, like more. Yeah, but how are they going to know? It's true. What would have happened in the future? But I wish we could have at least seen his throat actually getting cut but i mean i know they did that because he's the prankster so you want him everyone to think and including the audience to think he's playing another prank Mm -hmm. right but i really wish i could have seen that more and yeah actually seen more of the mask reveal all that so i want to say shelly though i can't because i mean the kill itself is not great the aftermath is great aftermath is awesome yeah. Okay. Um, real quick, the cinematography on Andy's kill is pretty fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I did notate the eyeball popping as well. But my runner up is going to be 
fox with the pitchfork through the neck in the barn. That's pretty great. Oh, that was good. And she's a beautiful woman and makes a really pretty corpse when she's just hanging there with the fork. I mean, can you imagine nowadays making that scene? They would have just made her body fall. <laughs> like, and her head still be there. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Hmm. Um, also, honorable mention. There's so many great kills. I can't. I know honorable mention are. to Ali because he gets killed twice. Or hacked <laughs> twice, rather. Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. Poor guy. Yeah. My winner is Vera, though. Because of the entire scene. You see Jason walking down the dock. You don't really know what's going on. It sure doesn't look like Shelly. You know. Mm -hmm. But she thinks it is. I don't know why. They don't have the same body type at all. No. Dude's like a foot taller and very trim. <laughs> Mm -hmm. One scary, one not so scary. Right. And he doesn't have the hair. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, so all that. And then the harpoon gun, it's coming at you in 3D into the eye, falls. It's great. It's so good. She's my favorite. I think she always has been in this movie, too. Oh, it's, it's such a good kill. I like the character a lot, too. So yeah. I, yeah. Love the whole scene. And hey, there's a toilet terror scene in here for you, too. There is. Yes. House terror. I don't know. <laughs> yep. I have it notated. I have it notated on the list. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many great kills. There's Chuck. First, he makes popcorn. I mean, because, you know, we all love corn. Mm -hmm. And then he's thrown against the breaker box. And his, his lady friend goes through the trouble of finding all the bodies. That's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Even though her kill is kind of like whatever, but I love that she gets to find all the bodies. It's fantastic. Me too. Um, Edna and her knitting needles. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, there's just, there's so many great kills in this one. Ugh, and that's really what makes a Friday the 13th movie great is the kills. Am I wrong? No, I mean, right. Friday the 13th is not my favorite franchise of the big ones, but I mm -hmm. love it. I still love it. And I love it because it's just fun. Like, it is it's so fun. It's a good time. You know, you're going to have good kills, mm -hmm. good costumes, good characters. Mm -hmm. I also like this one because it's early enough on in the franchise so so that they have not thrown in all those disposable characters yet that they've put in just to get killed. You kind of understand who these people are and their relationship to each other. The character development was built in this. Exactly. Which you're right. It isn't as strong <laughs> in some of the other ones. Some of the other ones, right. everybody's just like fodder. Like they're yeah. going to die and that's 20 it. 20 people, 20 pretty yeah. people there just to get killed. Yep. <laughs> that's what it is. Yep. Which is fun, which can be fun, but and I like the... I like the ones that have a little bit more character development. Yeah, and you know, I love those ones too. I really love part seven. I really yeah. love part eight. But there are so many Fun. characters who are like, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, moving on to fashion moment. Young, hot, and an attitude that says, who cares? It's only fashion. That Hansel's so hot right now. <laughs> oh, so many looks. So many looks, but though I only had one favorite. And I have I only have a couple. Yeah. Yeah. So my winner for fashion moment is um, and I think I like it now because I really liked it when I was a kid. When they're in the beginning, they're all getting out of the van and going up to see Vera, right? 
-hmm. It's Chris's um, striped collared shirt and pink pants. Get out of here. That's seriously my pick too. Yay! Because <laughs> I would wear that. It's so cute. I, I would wear it. that now for sure. Same. I want that outfit. I really <laughs> wish it was in my closet. I'm disappointed that it's not. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. super great. Um, honorable mention to Shelly's mask, of course. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. But yeah, so but what were your runner-ups? Um, so there Debbie wears like a really pretty lavender, like blue robe at one point. So I had to notate that. Um, and then I mean I also I did write that as a moment. I really liked all the punks, like all of their looks. Um yes. they were really fun. I loved um, I loved Ollie's spider jacket. Oh my gosh, so cool. Yeah. That almost and, won for me. Yeah. And then Actually, I think that's it. I did write a note that I liked. Um, at one point, Rick was just wearing jeans and these yellow gloves, and I liked that. <laughs> the jeans or the gloves are Rick. I guess, like, the whole ensemble, really, like, it wouldn't work without all those elements being there. <laughs> just, just the jeans and the yellow gloves. <laughs> and Rick. Yeah, and Rick. <laughs> on Rick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> has to be on that one. Exactly. <laughs> oh, great choices. How about best hair? How's my hair? Hurricane proof. Hey, it's all about the hair. I have a couple. Oh, go on. Okay. Um, in the beginning, uh, there's the woman. This is like really before we get too into things, but there's like the lady in the hair rollers. Yes. Harold's Edna. Uh, Edna. Yes, Edna. Um. Edna's hair gets a shout out for me in the rollers because I just love that. Um, and then I also just said Vera's pretty, just pretty hair. All the girls had really gorgeous hair, mm -hmm. like just beautiful, beautiful hair. But uh, Vera kind of gets it for me because hers was just extra beautiful. Oh, yeah. Vera wins for me. I mean, she wins hair hands down love her hair it's so thick and full and beautiful oh. and curly and you know i love curls mm -hmm. and it's just fantastic but um random note and i have no idea who i'm talking about like i don't remember writing this but it was in my notes quote very bad hair with the most fantastic body <laughs> Who could that be? I don't know. Jason, I have no idea. Like, like I don't know. I mean, because I didn't – I liked people's hairs. But I'm like, who had bad hair yeah. with a great body? I don't know. But, but yeah, so I wrote that. No idea who I'm talking about. Because um, when that I was recopying the stuff a week later, huh. Uh, this is a mystery. Now, now when I rewatch it, I'm gonna have to go back and uh, figure who out who who that might be. Right? Who has bad hair with a great body? <laughs> let us know. Let, let us know, listeners. Like as you watch part three, who is right, it? Right, right. Oh my god! All right, moving on to prop we would like to own. That's right. No other props. Not a single other prop. <sighs> Okay, I mean, I think we're both going to say that it has to be the mask. I did write down the mask. <laughs> I did not have a lot of props written down. No, I mean, the, the OG mask is kind of the best thing in the movie. Like, if you could have anything in this movie, 
it would have to be the mask, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's so iconic. Um, yeah. The only other thing I wrote was that van, those bongs. <laughs> you know, I, I did have one other runner up and that would be the, um, the gag axe with Shelly's tuft of hair. Oh, hey, that yeah. would be fun and okay. very unique to this movie. Yeah. And I love how I just like picked it up. Here it is. Yep. That was great. But no, I mean, the mask is great. The van was swell too. You know, yeah. I, need, I need to create my own segment, Cars of Horror. Since every yes. time there's an interesting car, like an old van or something, I always notate it. I think I have that in my facts, actually. Oh, yeah. You got to make a list for that. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to make a list just like you have a list now. Yeah, now we got plenty. We just another list to the dolls list family, <laughs> right? <laughs> I do like I do like the Fangoria issue that she has in her yeah. hand too. I noted it because um, the it stops. There's a Godzilla article, but then mm -hmm. there's like a Tom Savini new master of magical makeup article. Mm -hmm. Um, so part of me would want the Fangoria magazine, but only if it had the blood on it. Oh. And it yeah. was like signed or something. It would have to do something that, you know, made it like different than just another copy of Fangoria magazine. Because right. I have a bunch of those. Let's see. I was going to go hunt for it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it doesn't have the blood. But wouldn't that be a hoot to find that exact copy and then have like Tracy Savage or someone sign it? Oh, that'd be so cool. Right. That'd be so I wonder, cool. I wonder if people will do that. I wonder if people find, bring her that specific magazine and have her sign it or not. That's, I hope so. Yeah, or she'd be like, why are you having me sign this one? This isn't ours. Yeah, <laughs> I this know. Something we're in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it is a great magazine. Um, okay, epic line. This is going to be totally epic. This one was hard. There are not a lot of quotables. No. I only have two, which is unusual for me. I had like three, but like they were like panic, panic lines. Note. Yeah. Well, see, I knew my two. I was hoping I would find more when I was concentrating, but I didn't. But these are two lines that I always remember. So I want to hear your panic lines first. <laughs> okay. Um. So. I'm trying to remember if it's Vera or somebody else. Now I'm like, who who said this? Um, but anyway, um, she says, the way I feel right now, I'd probably get us into an accident about car driving. Yeah, Vera. Yeah. I like that one. Are they following us? No. Good. Here, you drive. The way I feel right now, I'd probably get us into an accident. Next time, I'll know how to handle a situation like that. And they did get into an accident, kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> they I ran mean, into an accident. They did. Yeah. Um. So I liked that. I feel that. I feel that sometimes where it's like, you do not want me behind the wheel right now, man. Right. You do not want me behind the wheel. Right. Um. There's another moment where I believe someone's saying this to Chris. It might be Debbie. Um. But she says, or maybe it's Chili. She says, hey, kiddo, don't let your imagination run away with you. Yeah, that's Debbie. Okay. Hey, kiddo, don't let your imagination run away with you. Just because <laughs> good delivery and somebody needed to say it. Yeah. Um, but my favorite one, it's a two-parter where Chili um, yeah. says, or no, um, 
Chuck says, who I just wrote down as Chong, like throughout all my notes. I just wrote Chong through all my notes. Um, so Chong says, how come you don't scream and we have sex? And Chili says, give me something, me something to, scream to scream about. Did I hear you screaming? Oh, it's probably Debbie having an orgasm. How come you never scream when we have sex? Give me something to scream about. <laughs> What's the matter? Nothing. I'm just practicing. <laughs> that's a good one i'm sorry i didn't pick that one up yeah that whole scene is really cute yeah that's cute they had a cute relationship they did i, I like them i don't really know what their dynamic was supposed to be with these kids because they were clearly much older than everybody else yeah i know they're just you know they're just like the they just got the they got the grass so they're coming <laughs> along and you they know. supply the grass so they get to come along exactly Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um, I only had two, as I said. My runner-up is comes from Shelly because I feel it in my soul. And it's when everyone's going swimming and he's not. And he says they're, they're going skinny dipping and I'm not skinny enough. Chris. It's my bag. I'll take care of it. Shelly, what are you doing in there? Why aren't you down at the lake with everybody else? Oh, they said they were going skinny dipping, and uh, I'm not skinny enough. Yep, that's like, yeah. something I feel. And I, and you know, in my youth, I had many friends that that had skinny dipping episodes. Let's say, and I was always invited, and I was always like, "Nope, not skinny enough." <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> no, no one wants to see this. Trust me, girl. <laughs> But my epic line, for sure, it's going to be in the beginning. They're walking from the van, and Shelly just, just came out with his first scare, and it comes from Andy, in between Andy and Shelly. He's like, God damn it, Shelly, why do you always have to be such an asshole? And Shelly says, I beg your pardon, I'm not an asshole, I'm an actor. And then Andy says, same thing. I want you to have a good time this weekend. What happened to me at the lake happened a long time ago. I'm fine, really, okay? Just forget about me. Oh, I'm supposed to forget that we've been friends. Ah! God damn it, Shirley. Why do you always have to be such an asshole? I beg your pardon. I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. Same thing. <laughs> yep. That's a good one. He's funny. Yeah. He is so funny. Oh, yeah, but I mean, there were not a lot of lines, but those are some great ones, right? You know, we did we did our work. You know, we found them. They were hard to find, yeah. but we found them. I love yours. I'm so sorry. I don't know where my brain was at when that happened all three times I was watching it because that's a great line. That is a great I, line. It's so funny. <laughs> let's uh let's talk about our actors in this one. Yeah. Okay. So first, I really want to talk about the character of Abel. Mm -hmm. who is the man in the road, a.k.a. the new crazy Ralph Prophet guy. Exactly. <laughs> this is why I need to talk about him. I almost left him out. I'm like, oh, God. Okay, so do you know what you've seen this guy in? No, what have I seen him in? He played Judge Carter in Society. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Oh, my God, like, Society. I was like, oh, damn. And, I mean... Obviously, I remember that. I remember Judge Carter because yeah, creepy. Oh my, ugh. Anyway, yes, ugh. 
just that's enough um <laughs> but then he he did a bunch of like shows such as like dallas and falcon crest and la law and cheers simon and simon and hill street blues and on and on and on so he had like this great little career going on but society man his name is david wiley so i wanted to start off with the new crazy ralph because we don't really have any more crazy ralph characters after this movie no, we don't. And, and it's, it's nice to have. Yeah, it's a damn shame. I would love to have a new crazy guy coming up acting like Ralph. Yes. Know? Yes. Okay. So Richard Brooker plays Jason this time. Mm -hmm. And he was born in 1954, passed away in 2013 at 58 years old of a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. I know. Young. Yeah, so, so young. Um, he was a trapeze artist when he was hired to play Jason. So he was a circus performer. Oh, my God. I did not know that. That is so cool. Yeah, I've got some fun facts on this guy. Um, he was British. Of course, everyone mm -hmm. knows that who's heard him talk. And he was very, very handsome. Mm -hmm. I have seen pictures. He was very tall, very slim, and very handsome. He had a great chin. We all know I love mm -hmm. a chin. Oh. Um <laughs> He did some work on the show uh, Trapper John M.D. and the movie Deathstalker and um, Deep Sea Conspiracy. He also produced rock concerts and television shows, including Bill Nye the Science Guy in Hell's Kitchen. Oh, nice. I love Bill Nye the Science Guy. Right? I love Bill Nye. He's so fun. And now, this was told by one of the cast members in an interview. And... Dude couldn't remember what the thing was called, so I can't remember what the thing is called because I don't know. But apparently he won an Emmy Award for inventing some sort of like technology that is used in film. And apparently it's used in cell phones too. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So the dude is like, everyone in this room has a piece of this technology on him and he invented that. And he won an award for it. Oh my gosh. How cool. Right? So not only was he talented and agile, he was very, very smart. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy, man. Oh, my God. Kane Hodder always had great things to say about him as well. Um, apparently, they were they were quite close. And I think there was some sort of correlation with his death. Like, he died on Kane's birthday or something like that. I don't Aww. remember. But, yeah, there was some sort – Kane told the story, and there was some sort of correlation with his death that hit Kane in a very personal Big way. way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, but I love Richard Brooker. A lot of people say that he is their favorite Jason. Yeah, I was going to say, I know a lot of people love him as Jason. Yeah, he's great. It's a darn shame yes. that he, was, he wasn't doing any more of them. Not that I don't love all our other Jasons. Not that I don't love, you know, Kane and... and um... Oh my God, who's in part six? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of his name too. Um, I was and I just really editing this interview I did with him, CJ Graham. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I kept in my brain, I kept calling him JC. I'm like, no, that's in sync. <laughs> <laughs> yep, CJ Graham. Um, I love those guys, and and I love you know, I love them all. So, not to take it away from any of their performances, but Richard Brooker really was fun in this one. 
Oh, yeah. And just like what an important like Jason to be, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, because like, again, part three, it's kind of where we first see Jason as we yeah. are going to know him for like the majority of the franchise. Yeah, the rest of the franchise, really. Mm-hmm. Except, yeah. Yeah. Except even those first in, ones. Yeah. Even in space, he did have a mask that was a different mask. Right. Mm-hmm. Kane calls yeah. that Uber Jason. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right. All right. Dana Kimmel plays Chris. I have not seen her very much. I did see Sweet 16, which is another horror movie. I haven't seen that. Came out around the same time as this. I don't know if it was okay. before or after, but it was within a year or two. Also, Private Benjamin, funny movie. I don't think I've seen that one either. Oh, um, Goldie Hawn. Oh, maybe, maybe I have. Ellen Bernstein, I want to say as well. Oh, my God. So much fun in this movie. is mm-hmm. great. It's a classic. And Night Angel in 1990, and that was her last role. Wow. Yeah, I really haven't seen her in much. Yeah. There's a lot of cast members in this who I have not seen. Same. Of. It's just a little bit here and there, and then they went on to do other careers, such as the guy who plays Rick, Paul Kretka. He had eight roles from 1982 through 2014. Friday the 13th was his first. And since 1989, he's been a chiropractor. Wow, I was wondering what happened to him because I really have not seen him in. Yeah. So, Dr. Paul, help me with my back, please. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Catherine Parks plays Vera. She did 20 uh, roles from 1981 through 1993. That's a good amount for that amount of time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I most remember her from Weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and. And Tales from the Dark Side Season 2. Yeah. The Cassivan Curse. That's really all I know. Same. I don't really know her from much either. I think she's been yeah. in some TV shows here and there that I've seen, but... Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them, though. Yeah. Because I don't remember her at all. I would have. Yeah. Um, but, no, I love her. She's great. She's beautiful. She's still beautiful. I saw her in some recent interviews. She's still stunning. Oh, I would believe it. She's a gorgeous lady. Oh, my God. You know who else is still gorgeous? Tracy Savage. She plays Debbie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course she is. I mean, we all know she's on TV, you know, doing her news anchor thing. Yeah. She was a child actor. Oh, okay. When she started. And she did things as a child, such as Mod Squad and My Three Sons. Um, oh, my God. The movie. I've talked about this before. The Legend of Lizzie Bo- in 1975 with Elizabeth Montgomery. Oh, yes. We have yeah. talked about this. Yeah, we talked about it, I think, in Havenhurst. And I couldn't mm-hmm. remember who Elizabeth Montgomery was. Like, I'm like, what was that bewitch's name? No, I remember <laughs> this time. She was in that. <laughs> okay. After Friday the 13th, she became a reporter and has won three um, LA area Emmy Awards for that work. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, reporter, journalist, kind of the same field, you know? Yeah, for sure. Broadcast is a little different, but she, yeah, she's doing her thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, still just as beautiful as she was then. Maybe even more so. Oh, yeah. Like she, she looks really good. I think she grew into her looks even. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Jeffrey Rogers plays Andy. Friday the 13th was his first role. He and he also only has seven credits from 82 to 86. 
including, and the only thing I've seen, the Karate Kid Part 2. Mm-hmm. According to a commentary I was listening to, he is now a doctor in New York. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, Larry Zerner plays Shelly. Oh, Shelly. <laughs> I love Larry Zerner. I know people hate this character, but I feel for him. Uh, yeah, he's a little obnoxious, but he's also, um, he's only that way because he feels so like, uh, is an outcast, you know, and uh, I feel the same way. So I totally relate it though. I'm much more introverted, so I can't go play pranks like that. Cause I'm like, oh no, but I love the character. Yeah. And you know, you gotta have like that kind of prank character in these yeah. movies. It's an important, you gotta have that comic relief kind of person. Yeah. He's, you know, that's an important role that he's holding down. Like you gotta have the comic relief. You do, because if it's all action in the horror variety all the time, you're gonna go nuts. You need that release. Exactly. You need to laugh in there. You do. So this young man only had four roles from 1982 through 1986, and then he became an entertainment attorney. Wow. He was also in Death House. And I talked about this when we were talking about one of our Christmas movies. He was in this movie for a second uh, called All the Creatures Were Stirring, and it's like an anthology Christmas movie. And uh -huh. he just walks through a scene. He plays a janitor and he walks through a scene. No lines. He just walks through a scene. I'm watching this with Henry and I'm like, oh my God, that's Larry Zerner. And Henry's like, who? Yeah. And I'm like, Friday the 13th part three. <laughs> and he's like, how do you know that you freak? I love that. Oh my gosh. Right. And I had to look it up, of course. I'm like, yep, that's him. Even though, you know, he's 30 years older. <laughs> right. But, but you're like, I recognize him. Yeah, all the creatures are stirring, you know. It was an indie film, a very indie film, and it looked like it. But it was decent. It had some fun story just in it. So Yeah, I, I keep on wanting to check that out. Definitely check it out this holiday season. I yeah. definitely mm -hmm. recommend that. Um, and he's the most important character in this movie, as far as I'm concerned, because he gave Jason his signature look. Yeah, totally. Yeah. David Cattens plays Chuck. He had nine roles from 1982 through 2015. So obviously a little bit here, a little bit there, yeah. um, including a movie I just saw recently again for the first time since the early 90s. And that was The First Power with Lou Diamond Phillips made in 1990. Oh, I haven't seen that. And as of 2000, I read this on the Internet. Sorry if it's not true. He is a stand up comedian. Cool. Mm hmm. Right. Rachel Howard, who plays his lady friend, Chili. Um, I don't know anything about this one. Uh, three mm -hmm. roles from 1975 through 1988. One was like Emergency in 1975, Deep Space in 1988. And then this movie, apparently, according to the Internet, she pra also practices medicine in California. But I don't know anything else. A lot of people in this movie went into the medical field. <laughs> Well, that's what having your eyes gouged out does to you, you know? I, I know. I'm like, wow, after this movie, they were like, you know what? I need to I need to help people <laughs> who are hurt and maybe lost an eye or <laughs> got harpooned. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this one breaks my heart. Gloria Charles plays Fox, our uh, 
our foxy little gangster, right? Yeah. Um, born 1955, passed away 2016. Don't know how, don't know why. She was only 61 years old. Mm. And she looked beautiful. I saw her in a documentary not too long before that. And she still looked stunning. And I'm like, damn, girl, I hope I look that good when I'm 50-something years old. Oh, yeah, what a stunner. I'll oh have to look God. up pictures of her more recently, but I imagine yeah. she looked, yeah, just oh, as she, lovely. She was beautiful. And she had um, she had prominent parts in documentaries such as like Camp Crystal Lake Memories and – or not Camp, just Crystal Lake Memories – and a couple of others. So she was walking around the sites and stuff. And Aww. and yeah. So yeah, that one was, was sad when I read that. Because I didn't know when I was doing my... Sometimes I know. I knew about Richard Brooker. I didn't right. know that she was no longer with us. And I was like, oh, no. I know. Um, her filmography had 16 credits in it, including Brewster's Millions, Fame, the television show. Trapper John M.D., you know, with our man uh, Jason over there, uh, mm -hmm. Falcon Crest, and the A-Team. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that I knew more about her to say, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nick Savage plays Ali. He had 22 credits from 1981 through 1992, including the Swamp Thing television show in 1992. Do you know how many times that series has been rebooted in between movies and TV? Like, there's a new Swamp Thing show. It's great. I want to see it. Yeah, I, I heard about it. Yeah, you know, Virginia Madsen and, and Derek Mears, another Jason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh he was also in Harlem Nights and Coming to America, Cold Steel, Fright Night, and 12 episodes of Hill Street Blues. Hmm. Oh, good God. But their other little gangster friend, Kevin O'Brien, plays Loco. I love Kevin O'Brien in Warlock. I was going to say Warlock. Oh, I love Chaz. Chaz is my favorite character in Warlock. Oh. I mean, aside from Warlock, of course. <laughs> right, right. No, but Chaz is my favorite. He he was the best. I mean, he was completely the best. I think all of my epic lines for Warlock are going to come from Chaz. He was so cool. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> also in a television show called The Bill, uh, Not a Penny More, Quincy Emmy, and... Herman's head was his last credit, and I don't know what he's doing now. But I did see some interviews with him, so I hope he's still alive. But I didn't mm -hmm. know. I don't really know what he's up to, but he's great. Yeah. He's so great. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know it was the same guy as Warlock because it's such a different character. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, oh, I know. God. Yeah. What? I only have a couple more in here. Um, the store clerk, Harold. Mm -hmm. Steve Susskind. He did a lot, actually. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, from 1942 through 2005, that's when he passed um, at 62 years old in a car accident. Mm. He had 67 credits. Yeah. Um, basically through 82 through his death. Um, did I say 82? I meant 1942 through 2005. That was his birth year. But okay. from 1982 through 2005... 
that was his his acting life. Uh, he did things like The Facts of Life, The Jeffersons, Jake and the Fat Man, Married with Children, News Radio. Love Aww. News Radio. I forgot. News Radio all is about awesome. News Radio. Wings. Love Wings too. Yeah. Um, House. And he was in one of my favorite episodes, Tale of Tales from the Crypt, in season two, The Ventriloquist Dummy. Yay. The Don Rickles episode. So good. Uh, His wife, Edna, played by Sherry Lukens. Not sure. She only had five roles from 81 through 84, including Archie Bunker's Place, Dallas, The Red Light, Sting, and... Then another one of my grandma's shows, Tucker's Witch with Catherine Hicks. Aw. Such a fun show. Um, don't know anything about this one. There's really not much out there. But Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, Steve Miner plays our newscaster. Mm-hmm. Our director. Makes a, a wee cameo for us. Which yeah. is always fun. Yeah. Great cast and i love that you like i said you have character development in this one man yeah they have relationships you know you care about them yes and you know who everyone is to everyone else except for maybe the older couple but you know they're together exactly um but but yeah so yeah you know who these people are and that's one reason why i really like this movie also, I have to give a shout out to this really, really great documentary specifically on Friday the 13th, part three alone. Wow. And, yeah, it's so good. And it was called Friday the 13th, part three, the memoriam documentary by Sean Richards. And it's available on YouTube and it's not very long. Some of the docs are hours and hours long because they cover all the movies. This one is only about 40 minutes long. And it's so cool. They go to like all the filming locations. They talk to some cast members. I think this is one of the ones where they talk to um, Gloria Charles. And I mean, this might be also one where they talk to David Katz, who plays Chuck. Anyway, it's really interesting. And it really goes in depth on this installment of the franchise, which was really cool because a lot of times documentaries are all, all encompassing on all, what, 12 movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Friday the 13th, part three, the memoriam documentary on YouTube by Sean Richards. Definitely check it out if you're a fan of this installment. It's so good. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. It is so good, girl. I saw it when it first was released because I was Facebook friends with uh, Sean. And I had no idea that this is what what he did and what he was going to do. And I was like, Oh, that is so cool. So I watched it and I was blown away. It is amazing. And I'm so happy because it was available on YouTube from the very beginning. Nice. Yeah. So you could, everyone could have seen it from the very beginning. So definitely check that out. If you like, like, oh, behind the scenes. Docs. Yeah. yeah. If you like behind the scenes stuff, it's so good. Nice. All right. How about we move on to special effects? They're not going to show this, are they? Oh my God, they're going to show it. Ah, talk about your shock and terror. <laughs> shock and terror all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, um, 3D. 
<laughs> oh my god I, like i just have to say it is so fun all the different things that they were like look we could make 3d so like there's like the yo-yo coming yeah. down above her head there's the popcorn which is my favorite because david makes like homemade popcorn like that so it, it pops around you know and it's really exciting and fun and i'm like oh i feel like it's 3d i do so humor me you guys need to do a cosplay and a reenactment of that scene <laughs> yes we do <laughs> all right i'm gonna dress him up like that and <laughs> down to the scream just yes. all that <laughs> keep keep tuned um listeners um check our youtube page or something to see me and david recreate this popcorn scene in friday the 13th part three it could be a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. Um, I'm trying to think of any of the other 3D stuff that I really liked. I got one. Okay. Um, obviously the eyeball. Oh, yeah. All the eyeball yeah. stuff. All the yeah. eyeball stuff. Um, oh, yeah. But just one of the simple effects when um, Harold and Edna were arguing and he was putting up the clothesline, the clothesline came right at you, too. The the stick thing. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I just love like everything that they could make 3D, they did. Yep. And thought it would be like really fun. And I think that this movie would be such a blast to see in 3D. I've only seen a few movies in 3D. I did see Piranha 3D. And thought and <laughs> thought it sorry. Was, I know, it's silly. But like the 3D stuff was kind of fun at times for sure. Yeah. But like, yeah, this must be a blast to actually watch in 3D. I would it's on my bucket list to get to go to the cinema to see this in its 3D format. I'm not really a 3D fan. I'm tends, not either. To yeah, be it tends to make me a little nauseous and it gives me a little bit of a headache. But I would love it for this one. My ideal 3D movie is like Freddy's Dead where it's only the last 20 minutes cuz that's really all I can handle. Yeah, I know, it kind of hurts my eyes too. I've like I said I've only seen a couple. I think I saw Coraline in 3D. Okay. Yeah, I can see that one. Would be Yeah. But like uh, yeah. Yeah. We've seen The Hobbit, I think, we went to see in 3D, just because, not because we wanted to see it in 3D. It was the only one available to see, to see in 3D, and we wanted to see it. Oh, right. Because so, everybody was buying tickets to that one when it came out. Right. Right. Um, and it was very cool, like I said, the first 20 minutes, and then I had to sort of take my glasses off and shut my eyes. I know, because then, then the whole screen looks all weird without yeah. the glasses. Yeah, it's all red and blue. But, but yeah, I'm like, mm, so my, my head doesn't really like 3D, but I would love to see this in 3D. I would keep the glasses on the entire time and take it Same. all in. And throw up afterwards. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> probably a little have a bit. massive migraine, but it would be worth it. It would be so worth it. Oh, the, the, uh, the shot to uh, Vera's eyeball. That one was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, ooh. And Andy, um... Andy's kill, where he's standing on his hands, and there's like a POV looking up. Oh, like I love that glass one. Or something. Right? And then he hacks him in the crotch area, and he comes tumbling down on you, and there's blood, and it's great. Can you imagine that in 3D? That would be rad. Be so dope. Oh, my God. Um, did you know this was the first Paramount Picture film shot in 3D since 1954? Wow, I did not know that. And my silly self did read what that 1954 film was and forgot to write it down. 
Oops. <laughs> well, you're going to have to text it to me now or something. You're going to have to find out because now I need to know. Yeah. So it was kind of a big deal for this production company to be doing this in 3D. I mean, it was yeah. a big deal for anything to be done in 3D because, you know, it was kind of new technology and evolving. But, but yeah. Um, what else do I got? Uh, oh, um, maybe continuity this would go under. But if his eyes, if Jason's eyes were really like droopy like that, his mask wouldn't fit properly. I'm just saying. It's totally true. Yeah, it's true. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. But, um, oh, my God, the effects in this one. What? I mean, they're so much fun. All of them are so much fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. Again, like I said, like, I just, um, I love, like, the kills in the Friday the 13th franchise. They're mm -hmm. fun. Even, like, um, even, like, the games, like, because there's, like, a newer mm -hmm. Friday the 13th game that came out. Mm -hmm. And that looks really fun because one of you plays Jason and one and the rest of you play campers and like, Oh my God, the kills in that thing are crazy. Hey Jesse, did you say that you played that game? The new one, the new Friday the 13th. Yeah. The one where you like someone plays as, uh, as Jason and everybody plays the counselors and Jason has to go around and kill her. Yeah, yeah. That's a super fun game. Absolutely. It, so it looks fun. Like I, I actually want to play that one. I, I watched, um, I watched early, like, um, when people were playing it before it came out, like some mm -hmm. little like screener kind of, mm -hmm. yeah. Demos. And like, I was like, that looks like fun. Well, not to, not to do a terribly deep dive on the game, but every, they have like different Jasons from different movies. So they all have different powers. So some Jason, can't run some do some can teleport some can't like it's they they like really put some homework into it and they look yeah. different from the different franchises and that it's a it's a pretty well thought out game so yeah it's it's very very fun absolutely yeah jesse was showing me some pictures at work one day from the game like that's part five uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> i was watched... totally showing my nerdum oh yeah i watched like a whole compilation of just kills from the game and like they're Gor like gorgeous you can mm -hmm. kill campers with like anything any, <laughs> if there was any like iconic murder um that mm -hmm. jason did from from yep. the movie that he's representing that will be a possible way that you can kill the counselor like that same exact animation so that's even even something as simple as like oh in this movie he like totally drove a machete through the guy and he'll have a drive a machete through a guy like move it's really cool so yeah no absolutely uh great but that's been my analysis on Friday the 13th, the new video game available <laughs> yeah, on PlayStation and other platforms. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew Jesse played it, I think. I had a he feeling. About it. He told me about it. He, at least, he was at least showing me some screenshots from it. And um, so I figured, because I haven't played it yet. So yeah. He gets to tell us more. So our effects guy on this one is Martin Becker. This one is also tragic. Uh Born 1955, passed away at 49 years old in 2004. Oh, my gosh. From pancreatic cancer. Oh. Yeah, it's it's sad. Um, yeah. He did effects for part three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. He was also on the effects team for Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and Freddy's Dead, as well as April Fool's Day. Nice. As well as Meatballs Part 2, which was also filmed where Friday the 13th Part 3 was. Yeah. 
So little side note on that for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did some really fun horror stuff um, in his short life. So, you know, hats off to you, Mr. Becker. Totally. Yeah. Anything else to add on effects? They're just really fun. Uh, again, um, especially like the 3D, just mm -hmm. like fun that they had with that. Fun. Fun is like the way that I can think of to describe the special effects. <laughs> I had a side note here. Um, so you know how I talked about how, you know, the um, this franchise never took particular pride in the date continuity of the thing? Uh -huh. There's a credit in this movie, script and continuity department. <laughs> Was Kathleen Newport. <laughs> Kathleen. Come on, girl. Girl, you had one job. <laughs> I bet she thought no one's going to care. <laughs> and I wonder how many times she's heard that. I know. <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was interesting because I normally don't see that as a credit. No, you don't. No. You don't, really don't. Yeah. <laughs> what she okay. doing? Oh, you're right. All right. <laughs> Cinematography. Okay. Um. Our cinematographer in this one was Gerard, sorry, Gerald Friel. Mm -hmm. He lived to 87 years old and died last year. Sorry. Let me repeat that. He died this year, 2021. Wow. Yeah. He, in, in his very long life, he only had eight credits. Oh. Um, his credits included He Knows You're Alone and Silent Madness. His last credit was in 1991, and it, that was called Minus One. I don't know what that is. But yeah, yeah, same. So, I love the cinematography. We talked a lot about cinematography and effects. Sometimes that happens. Our cinematography and effects notes kind of blend together. Um, I like it that um, in part two and in this one, Jason runs. Mm -hmm. And after this, he's more of like a walker stalker. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like that. A walker stalker. There's, <laughs> there's some good ones. <laughs> and he's basically, that's exactly what he's doing. He's walking and he's stalking. Yeah. Walker stalker. Yeah. But in part two, he ran too. Which is nice. Yeah. And good point. This one, he got a little run action going on too. Yeah. Um, He's really into splashing blood. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, um, and he loves his machetes and his knives and spears and anything he can use to, um, you know, to show off his blood splashing techniques. Mm -hmm. Yes, which works well with cinematography. Yes, he's quite the artiste with that blood. Yeah, he's like a show off. You know, know, you know, showboating. Showboat Michael's <laughs> over there going. <"Pfft>, really, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was that really necessary? <laughs> Was the eyeball really necessary? Really? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Wish I would have done it from further away now. Next one. <laughs> Except I'm not going to shoot anything like that again. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I almost missed that bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Also, this was the first one in the franchise that was not filmed on the East Coast. Okay. This one was filmed in California, and it really feels like it's filmed in California. Yeah, it Gro totally does. Having grown up in California, this feels like California. Part of the charm of the other two were that was that it was East Coast, and they have different trees over there and everything. It's just different. Yeah. 
Um, though they did try to imply this was East Coast. Did you notice the signs in the convenience store? I did not. I did not. But yeah, okay. Well, there was the sign that read like New Jersey Lottery or something like that. And then there was a sign behind the clerk. Um, and it said Green Valley, New Jersey. <laughs> and it's like, nice touch. Nice try. Why? Doesn't look like New Jersey. Yeah. At all. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we pre I pretty much covered all I want to talk about in effects. Anything else you want to add on cinematography? Oh yeah, there's some really yeah. cool cam. Yeah, there's some cool camera work in this one. Um, just like some good pans. So mm -hmm. like, even in the beginning when we kind of get done with our, you know, what happened last time kind of segment. Um, mm -hmm. There's like an opening. I love the compilations that happen in every movie. Yeah, yeah, and I wanted to note that too. They do a really good job of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like a really cool opening pan after that, like with a house and the colorful sheets, like on the line. I like that. Um, there's there's points where like people are on the ground and like the camera is looking up, which I really mm -hmm. like. Um, that happens a few times. Um, there's a couple shots from behind, like where Jason is behind somebody. There's a scene where he's behind Chuck. Or Chong. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I really like how that shot where Chong's here and Jason's in the background. <laughs> and um, Chuck, Chuck, I'm sorry. Um, and then uh, there is my favorite shot in the whole movie. Chris is inside the house. And you can see outside of the house and right around the corner, Jason has Rick. And he's like holding Rick. And she's in the house yep. and like he's over here and over right my favorite shot of the whole movie yeah that is a really good shot and you're just like it, it gives the audience the feeling of he's right there mm -hmm. yeah that yeah frustration right that frustration yeah. yeah and almost like a little bit of like sadness for the characters mm -hmm. too because you know they have this thing they're trying to like work through yeah their past and kind of figure out where they're at now and like what they yeah. want with each other and like as the audience you're like oh that's not gonna happen now because yeah he's like right over there and he's gonna get his head smashed <laughs> his eyes gonna pop out of his head his head's gonna be jelly yeah that's a no-go yeah sorry girl <laughs> maybe next time You'll have to find another man in jeans and yellow gloves. <laughs> Who's tall and handsome and has a good chin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Though, he I mean. He's handy. He could do, like, stuff around the house, fix things. Well, so is Jason. That's true. <laughs> Jason could do plenty of things around the house. He has a whole shed full of equipment. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but he probably doesn't look as good in the gloves. I, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Okay, music. Oh, girl. <laughs> I have some things to say about this music. Oh, man. Oh, lay it on me. Okay. I knew this was going to be a good part of the episode. <laughs> not bad things. Not bad things at all. So this one was also uh -huh. composed by Henry Man sorry, Harry Manfredini. And... This is the first time Jason got a disco theme to his signature theme song. I love it. Every I time. Do too. Every time. 
every time. It makes me want to dance. Now, I don't know who came up with the idea to put disco over the Friday the 13th theme, but I am living for it. Yeah, girl. I love it so much. I love it so much. We're here dancing. Ball is playing. I could dance to this all night long. (laughs) Yes. At Studio 54. (laughs) Otherwise known as my bedroom. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Um, Did you also know that... There's like some sort of cover band that plays this live in like nightclubs. That is so cool. And it would be so fun to go to that nightclub and listen I want, to that band. I want to. That's kind of like our dream date. Jamie and Summer's dream date with each other. Yes. <laughs> if anybody can help this happen, tell us where they're playing. Right. I'm going to have to look them up because I saw it again in one of those other documentaries and I was like, no shit. And they showed they showed them playing in live. And I'm like, wow, that's good. It sounds exactly the same, has the same, you know, synth, everything about it is amazing. So, oh. Yeah, I love the soundtrack to part three. Henry does not love the soundtrack to part three. He's like, you're crazy. This is not great. I said, no, it's my favorite. I think it's really fun. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. It is so much fun. Um, Maybe second only to the Alice Cooper songs from part six. But I mean, it's Alice Cooper. So it's not at all the same. It's not. No, No, it's not. It's not the same. But, yeah, what do you think of our music in this one? I, okay, I love it. I am all (laughs) about it. Now, I also love, I do like disco. So I'm like, it works for me. (laughs) Give it a little bit of dance to it. Um, But, yeah, I love the music. Um, I love the music throughout, too. Like, there's really Mm -hmm. good tension. Just like like all the Friday the 13th soundtracks have, like, really good tension in them. But yeah, I, I love the score. Yes, this is something that Fridays do really well is their score. Oh, yeah. Totally. I, I think they have one of the best consistent scores through all of them. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and I like it that, you know, in the uh, part two, the score was very harsh and very angry violin, you know. Oh, yeah, it was. But this one is more dancey and more fun. Getting you ready for the fun you're about to have with this 3D action. Exactly. Fun is the main, like, word that I think about when I think of this movie. And OMG, when the credits are rolling, the opening credits, they're, like, pulsating with the music. I mean, can you imagine that experience in 3D? It's just coming at you and the music and then it draws back and comes out farther. Oh, my God. I know. I was going to say, like, I mean, font talk for sure. Oh, yeah. Because that font, that, like, 3D font in the beginning is so good. I would have loved to see it in 3D, but it also looked beautiful just as is. Yes. Oh, And this movie is easy to imagine in 3D because of how it's framed. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. For sure. Okay. Aging on this one. 
You know, it definitely, I mean, it's an, it's an eighties movie for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely mm-hmm. an 80s movie, but I love that. Mm-hmm. Everything about it screams early 80s. Yep. Oh, my God. Um, I bet this, if Henry was with us today, this would be his fashion moment. It would have been her, her uh, Chris's jeans in her final uh-huh. scene because he kept trying to find out what brand they were based on the back pocket because he's like it's on the tip of his tongue he's like were they were they sassoon or <laughs> or jordash you couldn't remember and that I was gonna us, guess jordash that took us down a rabbit hole of looking up all these old like commercials on youtube for those two brands yay uh yeah so i bet that would have been a fashion moment if he wasn't with us today oh but yes it's so good it's so good oh my god uh Okay, so the twist. No, that's not an idea. That's a twist. <laughs> okay, so I had that um, he's alive. Nope, she's nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that pretty much sums up the twist. <laughs> also, <laughs> he is somehow the same monster that she escaped from before. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know. You know, since when did he let people get away? Yeah. He's pretty good at not letting people get away, actually. So it's kind of his thing. It's kind of his thing. So I'm like, maybe she was imagining the entire thing like they all said that she was, even though she's sure it actually happened. Because Jason don't play that. Yeah, it's not his style. Mm -mm, Not his style at all. But but yeah, he's alive. Nope, he's not. And she is nuts. Yes. Yeah. All right. Pacing. I think it's perfect. Oh, I do too. Perfect length and like you're never bored throughout the whole movie. Like it's just a fun romp. It is a fun romp. A fun 3D romp. All right. So scary rating. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) How scary. We don't get scared in movies. I mean, I don't. Even with the 3D elements coming at you. No, Mm. I mean, I'm not scared of it. Um, I will say, um, you know, it's it's cool to see, like, Jason develop a little bit in this Mm -hmm. one. Again, like I said, we start to see Jason as we're going to see him the rest of the franchise. So I guess, like, in a sense, there's, there's, like, the scariness of him, like, developing i Mm -hmm. i don't know but it's not it's not a very scary movie it's just fun it is a lot of fun um you know i've said this multiple times before i am more afraid of being stranded somewhere so i think the scary part for me is uh having my car battery die like it happened to rick and chris Mm -hmm. and then having to walk i mean luckily they were close enough to walk but Yeah, walking through the woods at night, I'm afraid of getting lost. I'm afraid of spraining my ankle. All sorts of those things are scary for me. So that's the most most scary part for me. And that is a real fear of mine. So that's legit. But yeah. All right. Mostly just fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's like you said, it's a romp. (laughs) It is. Story. I love this story. Me too. I, I think it's a, you know, I think this is a really strong Friday the 13th entry. Well, I'd say it's like in the middle for me. It's, yeah, it is in the middle. 
mm-hmm. but it's strong. It's a good development story. Yeah. And it's a good continuation. I love it when something continues. And since this happens right after part two, it's yep. a direct continuation. So part two and this one could be watched back to back and as in one big movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, all right. Overall movie rating. And the winner is. Ooh. I didn't write I, anything because I can't decide. Yeah, I know. I actually didn't write anything either, but I'm going to make um I'm gonna give this one a I think I'm gonna give it a seven. Seven? Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's good. Yeah. I Again, m- middle of the road for me, but I do yeah. enjoy I do enjoy this one out of the all the Friday thirteen movies, but yeah, yeah. seven. I'm I don't know. I'm mm. I'm struggling. Um, I like it a lot. But I think I'm going to go with six and a harpoon gun and a mask and an eyeball. So So almost almost a seven. seven. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, yes, almost a seven. Um, Not quite there, but really close. This is definitely one that I watch. I watch this one more than part two. I watch this one more than part one for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's. I actually watch a lot of them more than part one. I like part two, but. <laughs> part one's a little slow. It is. There's some great moments in it, of course. And, you know, it's a classic. But, yeah, I watch the other ones more. Yeah. All right. Well, all in all, great rating. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait for part four. I adore part four. I adore part four. It's one of my favorites. It's probably my favorite Friday the 13th. So see, I can't can't decide. And the funny thing is, as we run through Friday the 13th, the holiday, and um, we get through all these movies, because I'm not thinking about them beforehand and where I ranked which one. It's going to be really interesting to see where they all rank when we're all done with them. I know. Because some of them I haven't seen in a while. Like, I mean, I haven't seen part three in a bit. So. Right. Yeah. Well, our next Friday the 13th is going to come up in May of 2022. So that's when we'll get to talk about part four. And I can't come soon enough. I tell you what. I know. I like kind of want to hop off and watch it like right now. Even just talking about it. I I love part four. (laughs) I feel you. I do. Okay, but I do have some fun facts. This is your opinion? It's a fact. Okay, so Ron Kurtz, who wrote Friday the 13th Part Mm 2. Either he wrote or directed. No, he wrote it. Okay. Was offered the opportunity to write Part 3, but he turned it down because he didn't want to be pigeonholed into either the horror genre or the Friday the 13th thing. Little did he know this was going to be such a, a gold mine. Yeah. Right. Um, the house, the barn, and the lake were all um, filled. Um, I'm sorry. The house, the barn, and the lake were all built on location. And the lake that they built wasn't sealed properly. And so it drained every day. So they had to keep refilling it every day. Ooh, that's a water waste. What a hassle, right? Yeah. 
And that would explain why it looked so darn gross, too. Like, it looked nasty. It looked all, like, dirty and algae and ugh, yuck. I was going to say, not one that I really wanted to jump into. Mm-mm. And I love bodies of water and swimming in bodies of water, but that one looked nasty. I do like swimming. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it is so hot in Arizona. Typically, I, like, would jump into a body of water. A little lake. Yes, exactly. Um, the original plan for the writing of the film involved Amy Steele as Ginny again, which I would have loved, by the way. I, I love her. I love her so much, but um, I don't really like their premise. And the premise that they were working on was she was going to be in a psych ward suffering from the trauma that she was inflicted on her during, you know, part two. And Jason would appear and start murdering everybody. So kind of like Halloween part two. Yeah, I'm I know. Right. So I'm glad they did not go that way and kept him in the woods. Same. Uh, Oh, the Royal Independent Movie Theater in Toronto. It closed in 2006. But before that, they had owned one of the very few original copies of the 3D format. And they used to screen it every Halloween. Oh, that sounds fun. Who got this film? That's what I want to know. And where can we find it? Like, where can we go yeah, see it? Right? Because if they I were still know. open, I'd be like, Halloween girl. <laughs> Toronto. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be fun. Oh, yes. Um, oh, I here's the movie. This was Paramount's first 3D film since Ulysses in 1954. Oh, okay. That was 28 years before this. Interesting that that was right. a 3D 3D movie. Right. <laughs> Um. Oh, this is fun. Part three is the only Friday the 13th film in which none of the characters say the name of Jason because they don't know who Jason is because everything happened the night before and they're not watching the news. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that, but that's so true. They don't go, it's Jason. It's the legend. Nope. They're, no, they don't know. Yeah. Just like, huh? Uh, Pod Kratka, who plays Rick. He auditioned for Andy. Okay. Um, I, I He's a better Rick, I think, just like they thought. Agreed. Yep. Uh, during the news report watched by Edna, it mentioned that the axe-wielding maniac was responsible for the carnage or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he never used an axe. <laughs> I was just going to say that continuity. <laughs> he used a spear, a knife, a machete, a pitchfork, and an- well, a pickaxe. Okay, a pickaxe, maybe. That's kind of a stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch, but no, not an axe-wielding maniac. Oh, hey, car talk. Oh. Chris's van was a 1979 Dodge Tradesman. And it is so fun. You know, it had two gas tanks on it. And our Chevy truck, when I was growing up, had two gas tanks on it. And Henry didn't know about the two gas tanks. Like, he's like, what's going on? And I had to tell, he's older than me. So I'm like, really? You don't know that cars used to have two gas tanks? Some of them? And yeah, because I remember once we thought our car was broken and it turned out the switch had just been flipped. So it was on the empty tank. <laughs> oh wow! I've never had, I've never experienced a car that had two yep. gas tanks. I grew up with a truck that had two gas tanks, a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Rich Car is the 63 Beetle. Okay. All right. Um, did you know that that cabin that was burnt or that was built was burnt down in really? real life mm-hmm. oh. by some like asshole, some idiots went to go visit it and they thought it was a real cabin and they set a fire in the fireplace, not knowing it's not functional fireplace because it's not a functional cabin and burned that shit down and wasn't dumb enough to take a video of it and put it online and his ass got caught. Thank God. When did this happen? 2006. Wow. I want to say. Oh. Either it was six or 16. I know I made a note of it. That's also in the memoriam documentary I was talking about. So please go and check that out. The whole story is on there. So yeah, but the cabin is burnt to the ground now. And it is a shame because I know a lot of people would like go and, and look at it and take pictures of it. It wasn't blocked off to the public or anything. So you could do that. It just takes like one idiot to ruin yep. it for everybody else. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. I want to go visit the cabin. I wouldn't burn it down. Exactly. Really? We can go visit the shed though. The shed's still up. The, okay. the barn. All right. Well, hey, we can we can have some shed time. <laughs> there is that. Uh, Dana Kimmel is one of the, the many Friday the 13th alumni who has appeared in Days of Our Lives. Uh-huh. The other ones include um Camilla and Carrie Moore, the twins from part four. Renee Jones from part six. She has been a regular on Days of Our Lives for forever and ever and ever. I don't know if she's still on it, but she was on it for forever. Um, and also my my favorite, Kevin Spiritus, was uh played um Patrick Darbo's husband mm-hmm. in his little run. And then Stacy Greason from Part Seven was also on the show. So yeah, Days of Our Lives is filled with Friday the Thirteenth folk. I know. You know, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up during the actor portion. I did make a note of that because I was like, "Well, Summer already knows this. Summer already <laughs> knows. Summer already knows about this." But I gotta note it. I did, but I I didn't note it until I got to my fun facts, <laughs> which is funny. It, probably belonged to the, belonged in the actor section anyway, but whatever yeah it's andy, a fun fact too yes andy's death uh was cut severely not to get that x rating wow. so i would have loved to see the original in the original it showed his leg being cut off and his stomach being ripped open wow i would have loved to gnarly, see gnarly right film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Edna's death was cut because of, quote, excessive blood flow. And Chili's impalement was cut because of the shot that was showing her getting stabbed with the poker was steaming. (laughs) I love that. I would like to see all of the extended kills. Same. They would be great. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, this is the last film in the series to only have a female to survive. So so Chris is our final, final, final girl. Wow, yeah, that's true. Right? Um 
people involved in making this um, movie have sometimes expressed their dislike for the dream sequence at the end of Mrs. Voorhees attacking Chris because how would she know? Also, this is just me. How come Mrs. Voorhees has her head again? Yeah, I know. I, I, that was my first continuity. <laughs> One job. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, and did you, you know, I mean, obviously you noticed you had to. When Abel shows off the eyeball to mm-hmm. the kids and then, then Rick loses an eyeball. Yeah. Like, does, does Rick just go, Not. I mean, does Jason just go around popping eyeballs out of people's heads and giving them away as gifts? I mean, I'm okay with it. Actually, <laughs> coming back, like, actually, this makes me think, too, that, like, the prop that I actually want to own is the just, like, is the collection of eyeballs. All the eyeballs from this movie. I want those in a bucket. In my eyeball bucket. <laughs> Little jar. Eyeball yeah. jar. <laughs> and they'll be labeled, you know, so this that one will say Friday the 13th Part 3. And then my other eyeballs will all be labeled. <laughs> During Halloween, I would like I would open them up and I would blindfold people and I'd be like, "Okay, which eyeballs is it?" Capital idea. <laughs> I tell you what. Oh, that would go right along with your bucket of guts. Exactly, bucket of eyeballs, bucket of guts. <laughs> but you want a bucket of fingers as well, because I know there's some good fingers in the horror. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that too. Yeah, <laughs> just like that's my whole decorating motif is. Buckets of body parts. I wish. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay, now now this is my last one. And this is something that Henry and I have talked about many a time. So I'm glad it's laid out for me here because I'm bad at math. Numbers are hard. Mm -hmm. So in the newscast, they talk about how many bodies they found from massacre from part two right mm-hmm. so this is suggesting that um paul does survive because they say there were eight victims so assuming that these are the ones that were found um which was terry crazy ralph sandra mark jeff vicky scott and the cop that would imply that rick or paul did survive unless they did not find the cop then maybe he didn't but i would like to believe yeah. that he did so there you go eight bodies paul's not one of them paul lives yeah hey i like it yep and alice wasn't included on that eight body count because she wasn't murdered at the camp or on that night right so yeah i know shit there's another body no you know okay that's all for fun facts now oh it's shout out time. First and foremost, we have to shout out our Patreons. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> Daryl Hook and John Morgan, thank you so much for all the support and love you give us every week. We appreciate it more than we can say. Am I right? Oh so much. Thank you so guys. Much. So much. Um, also, we have to shout out all of our other listeners as well. We love you guys also, of course. So much. Yay. Yay. (laughs) And please do keep sending us messages because we love hearing from you guys, okay? 
It's like our favorite thing, other than horror movies. But it goes hand in hand. Talking yes. about horror movies and watching horror movies are kind of the same on the joy they level. They are. That's the best thing about conventions is going to hang out with all your friends. I know. And just like nerding out with your pals. <laughs> it's like summer camp. Yes. It's adult summer camp for the horror nerds. It is. It is. So it we is love you guys. Good. Please keep communicating with us and talking to us because it's just the best time. Yes. Uh, we have some podcast shout outs. We have the Saturday Night at the Movies podcast with Daryl, Kate, and our boy Brian over at Nightmare Toys. Check them out. And then the That's Heavy podcast with former guest Taylor Ball doing his heavy metal thing. And they're both great, great shows. So please yeah, go check are. them out for sure. Also, our man Wes has one called Don't Kill Me, Mr. Ghostface. And that's pretty fun, too, where he just yeah. he talks to people about their favorite horror. So, I mean, obviously, that's our bread and butter, right? Yes. Yeah. It's super awesome. It's so awesome. Okay. So now it's time to talk to our fantastic, beautiful, and talented producer, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Well, Hi, I'm at Jesse. least two of those things, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, you're party. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's going well. Awesome. Oh, yeah. A little hot. It's a little hot this Friday the thirteenth. I'm kind of dying over here. But, yeah, you know. yeah. The summer Same. is summer has not been kind to the uh, Midwest uh, over the last like week or so. So or Although, Tucson. Well, I was gonna say <laughs> for for the mid for Midwestern, you know, like temperature tolerance. I mean, like for people like Jamie who live out in on the surface of the sun, like it's a little bit cool <laughs> to her. But for the rest of us, yeah, a little bit. Not, <laughs> the little. surface of the sun. <laughs> I mean, that's. Basically. that's basically what arizona is i mean like it's a it's a yeah. great state but it's like oh my god like it's so hot so oh yeah, yeah. yep so we live uh, like animals live under rocks most of the day and everything has like thorns and teeth and stingers <laughs> and it's hot and it's hot <laughs> and it's hot and it's got stingers that's yeah. everything's hot and it has stingers that should be the motto of arizona i don't know i'm not much of a travel agent <laughs> yep. <laughs> but really that being said, <laughs> I love it's just like we're just gonna bring Jesse on, and then we're just gonna just let him talk himself into a wall. Okay, cool. We'll see what happens. This is a great experiment. All right, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, but no, oh, um, but um, thank you as always for um, let me be a part of the show, and a thank you to all of you listeners out there for all of your tremendous support as well. And just to point out that in addition to the podcast itself. You can follow us on the social medias on Facebook and Instagram at the Dolls of Horror and at Twitter at just Dolls of Horror. And if you prefer email and want to reach out, say hi, give some feedback or even some movie suggestions, you can do so at the Dolls of Horror at Yahoo.com. And if you're willing and able to help support the show so that it can keep growing, please keep uh, feel free to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the Dolls of Horror, where you can access our entire back catalog, which currently has at least four to five unaired episodes at any given time. And in okay. addition, your name will be permanently entered into a regular drawing for a free Dolls of Horror t-shirt that we will announce during our live streams. We have our live streams on a periodic base, uh, basis. We try to do them on a monthly basis, and we'll probably speed up to that eventually soon enough once the summer slows down a little bit. 
But we will be doing the live stream again soon, and we'll have fans participate in the live stream killer trivia duel where you can win even more Dolls of Horror merch. And if you want to check out that entire merchandise catalog to see all the wacky things we can put our awesome logo on, just follow the link in the description. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> My pleasure. So, I have one last thing for this wonderful Friday the 13th holiday. Let's have a con talk. Can we have a con talk? Oh, yes, please. Con talk. All right, guys. <laughs> In like two or three weeks. Numbers are hard. I'm not sure. I know. August 27, 2021. Days of the Dead Atlanta, which I'm going to be at. Henry's going to be at. It's going to be great. Um, it's going to be a little ET reunion. We have Henry Thomas, D. Wallace, and Robert McNaughton there. We have my boo, Tony Todd, mm -hmm. again, so excited. Um, Kane Hodder, speaking of Jason, yeah, Papa Kane's gonna be oh, there. He sure yeah. is. Um, Alexandra Esso from Dr. Sleep. It's going to be a Greasy Strangler reunion with Michael St. Michaels and Sky Elobar. I hope I see that right. Um, we also have, hey, guess what? A Friday the 13th Part 2 thing going on. I was just going to say that looks really fun. Yeah. This big Friday the 13th 2 reunion. Oh, my yeah. gosh. We have Bill Randolph, Lauren Marie Taylor. Marta Gober, who was my favorite hair when we did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have Adrian King also and Kristen Baker and Warrington Gillette Warrington does all the cons whatever but all these other people I've never seen before so in person yeah oh, and John Curry yeah you know, our final boy mm -hmm. is how we'll start calling him yes so this Friday the 13th reunion is looking swell also from Dr. Sleep Kylie Curran mm -hmm. and we've got Piper Laurie from Carrie. Nice. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. And I cannot forget to mention the master of effects, Tom Savini. I know. The lineup for Atlanta is so good. I would love, love, love to meet Tom Savini. Oh, my God. Oh, no, right? It's going to be swell. I'm so excited. Really, yeah. I'm most excited for Dee Wallace because I know she does a lot of cons, but she's never done one that I've been at. And she's just so awesome. She is so awesome. I I adore her and all of her work that she does in the healing mm -hmm. and spiritual realms. It's so good. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. So next up after that, we have Days of the Dead Las Vegas, their fall show, October 8th through 10th. It's looking pretty swell, guys. We have Bruce Campbell appearing, yeah. appearing Friday and Saturday only. So make sure you go Friday or Saturday if you're going for Bruce, okay? We have Ted Ramey, Christy Swanson, um, Kane Hodder again, Serena Vincent, and Amy Steele from Part 2 and April Fool's Day. Hey! The Las Vegas lamp is sweet so yes. far. And it I hasn't love even started. Like, this is it. Like, I know we're months and months away and this is what they got. But some of these people are also going to be in Chicago, like Christy Swanson. Mm -hmm. so. see, I would, I would love to see Bruce and Ted Ramey. I would mm. love to see Bruce Campbell and Ted Ramey. Ted is sweet. Ted, Ted's, um, Ted's nice. Uh, okay. 
I had a good experience with Ted. He was, to me, he was nice to everybody. I can't speak for everybody's experience, okay? Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything negative, but I don't want someone to come at me and say, well, he was an asshole to me. Sorry, sure, yeah. I didn't witness that. But he, from what I saw of Ted, he would talk to anybody in the halls. He didn't have much of an ego about it. You know, if you wanted to talk to him, he would talk to you. I know some people are like, they don't want to talk to you unless they're getting paid to talk to you. Right. You know, at their table. So he wasn't like that. So Ted is cool. Bruce, I don't have really any personal experiences with because they keep him kind of sealed off from everybody. Um, I bet they do. (laughs) I got my photo op with him. And then his autograph signing was in a was not in the hall. It was in a blocked off portion in a completely different room. And they let you in 20 people at a time. No photography, no nothing. Wow. So he was completely down. Yeah, he was completely, this was pre-COVID too. Yeah. He was completely isolated from the floor. So I really don't have much to say personally about him. He treated us well and we got a great photo and a great autograph. So that's all I have to provide to that. But Jesse, you had almost a run-in with Bruce, right? (laughs) Oh, with Bruce Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to actually meet him, meet him. Mm -hmm. I was at a single convention that he was at, like, I don't know, uh, six years ago. And um, and we were we're looking to get in line like we didn't go to the convention to see him. And we just realized that he was at the convention when we were there. And um, so we were like, well, let's check out the line sale. Bad it is. And it was like a pretty long line. And we're like, yeah, well. We'll wait it out. We'll see what happens. And we waited there for about 45 minutes. And then we see Bruce Campbell with like an entourage, like walking yeah. like down the thing. And they're like, 100% like, that's what it's like. They're like, they're like, he's, he's, he's taking a break now. And so we're like, well, we have no long that's going to take. So fuck this. So we just stopped waiting in the line. And I never had a chance to meet him, but I had, I was that close to meeting him at that point. It was completely unexpected at the time. So I would like to rectify that because he is one of my action movie heroes. So that would be kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. And speaking of Bruce Campbell, after Wes Craven month, we're going to be doing evil dead. All of them. Yay. Yay. I love Evil Dead so, 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 so much. I know that you do. So I'm so excited for you. I, you know, this is going to be interesting for me because I'm not really a fan. I don't mm-hmm. mind them. I will watch them and not and not complain. But it's not one I seek out and it's not one that I put on more than once every five to ten years. Oh, and see, for me, the Evil Dead movies, especially two, that's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, that's like a comfort movie for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I don't feel good. I'm going to watch Evil Dead 2. That's a Freddy is for me. I don't feel good. I'm going to watch Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. <laughs> Whenever I'm not feeling well, I just spend the day in bed watching horror movies. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So... That's going to be interesting. While you're going to like have such a great time and love this, oh it's going to be more exploratory for me, and I'm going to have, have to really like dig deep, mm-hmm. find out why I love or don't love this series. So I'm pretty excited. Jesse's going to be our guest for Army of Darkness. Yep, and I cannot wait because that is one of I'm- my all-time favorite. Um, Army of Darkness and Shaun of the Dead, as far as movies that that will cross into the horror genre, those are my two all time favorite movies. Like like in my top five and possibly uh, higher. But um, but yeah, so I cannot wait to talk about Army of Darkness. So we'll 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 see. Well, you'll see the nerd in me bring out some some info about that movie that I really can't wait to talk about. So yes, 
Well, I'm Yay. excited. I'm so excited for that. And Clark is going to be joining us for the remake. So that's pretty cool. He actually chose the remake. Not a lot of people like the remake. So Mm -hmm. when he said that's the one he wanted to do, I was like, that's super cool. Awesome. Wonderful. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm excited for that. Um, I think that's all the housekeeping I have. Do you have anything else you want to add? (laughs) I've... Gosh, just all of that sounded great. And um, <laughs> sure yeah, did. I happy Friday the 13th, everybody. Happy Friday the 13th. We need to come up with a clever nickname for Friday the 13th like we did for 4th of July. We do. We do. Except it can't up. be an axe-wielding holiday because he's, he's not wielding not an axe. We could call it like Lost Eyeball Day or something. Lost Eyeball Day? <laughs> Oh, I could see so many lovely like holiday traditions around that too. That just like the family would do every year, like an eyeball hunt, you know, where you uh, decorate your eyeballs and then you got to go find them in the yard. (laughs) Yes. Okay, guys. Happy Friday 13th slash lost eyeball day. Yes. May you find all the eyeballs and may all your Friday the 13th wishes come true. And with that... I'm Summer. And I'm Jamie. And you've been listening to the Dolls of Horror. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this has been a presentation of the Dolls of Horror. New episodes are uploaded every week. If you'd like to reach out and say hello to the Dolls, send them an email at thedollsofhorror at yahoo.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram, both at the Dolls of Horror or on Twitter at Dolls of Horror for bonus content. And if you really like the podcast and want to support them financially so that they can keep making episodes, consider sending them a donation. Follow the link in the description or go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Thanks for listening and see you next time. The prop that I actually want to own is, the just like, is the collection of eyeballs. All the eyeballs from this movie. I want those in a bucket. Girl, you had one job. <laughs> That's my whole decorating motif is buckets I, of body parts. I wish. Shout out to the grandmas of the world. Shout out to the grandmas, man. Mm-mm. Bucket of eyeballs, bucket of guts. <laughs> We need to come up with a clever nickname for Friday the 13th like we did for 4th of July. We do. We do. We could call it like Lost Eyeball Day or something. Lost Eyeball Day? (laughs) All right. Well, hey, we can can have some shed time. Talky-talkity-talk-talk pants. (laughs) 